live from my home studio in beautiful La Puente, California, this is the All Dodgers Podcast. Oh, that's not the one. I do that button. They all look the same. This is a show that is part of the Believe Network of Podcasts. What is going on, Clint Nation? Happy Thirsty Thursday. Cheers to you all on today's show. We got Dodgers talk, of course. Dodgers camp is in full swing. We're just one week away from the start of actual baseball being played, which is fun, even if it's meaningless baseball. Shohei Otani's put on his full Dodger uniform, which, of course, led to a whole bunch of problems because people hate the uniforms. So we'll talk about those uniforms. And I welcome my friend Greg Bergman of ESPN fame, the legend. Uh, He'll be on in just a second. We're going to share our our, uh, reactions to the Rob Manfred news, our thoughts on the uniform stuff, the Dodgers um, sponsor patch that popped up, thoughts on the roster, all of all of our thoughts on all that kind of stuff and, and how this could be, if we're going back to Dodgers, this could be the best team of our lifetime on another edition of All Dodgers Live. Quickly, I am Clint Pastillas. You guys see the little bug right there. You can find me as Real FRG on the social media places. Um, read my stuff at alldodgers.com. I got to get back on writing there, but I've been busy. Uh, consider giving this episode a thumbs up while you're here as well. Hitting that subscribe button. All of those things really do help out the channel. And if you are watching this live, um, you know, drop into the comments. We want to hear from you. But without further ado, I got to welcome the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he, he goes by many names. These days, he's corporate Greg. I remember back in my day, they called him multi-platform Greg. It is the the OG, Mr. Greg Bergman. I think you had sausage pants in there or something at one Close. point. Too Too many, too many names. What's up, Clint? Always good to talk to you. It's been way, way too long. But yeah, no, I had, I did have, it was sausage jeans. Sausage jeans. Which, yeah, that has to do with like Leap Day and Sysogen. I don't want to go through the whole thing, but that was one of them. I haven't heard MPG in forever. So that's, that's pretty nice to feel that one again. <laughs> now it's uh, Corporate Greg is one of them. And then I was, it was Bergy today, which I actually just like that clean, little, not so bad. So yeah, that's, there's always a little bit of something. But you, man, look at you. <laughs> Look at you doing your own doing your own thing with a great background there. Uh, awesome. You know, I got a whole room here dedicated just to making sure I could eventually get everything set up to talk to you again. That's a no, lot. Yeah, it was just for me, right? Just, and I love the Joe Kelly with the pouty face. It's just the best. That's yeah. actually that's a puzzle that uh, yeah. the, the fine folks at uh, you know the Brad uh, was it Brad Chofo or whatever his name is. They uh, those people. I don't know. Somebody sent it to us a while ago, and uh, now it is there. Next to Vin, where he belongs, you got Mariachi Joe and you got Mariachi Vin, and uh, we got Dodger baseball and other things to talk about. Uh, first, as you remember, as you may remember, there are friends here watching the show, watching the stream. I'll bring in the comments here. We yes. do have folks dro- drop into the comics. For people who don't know, Greg was the original DMAC, as it were, uh, doing post games for Dodgers Nation when um, when we survived the 2018 World Series failure, had that never-ending uh, World Series game, what, game three, game four party at Mohawk Bend where Mohawk Bend. <laughs> Max Muncy saved us. <laughs> They kicked us out. They kicked us out. The DJ said, it's about time to get the hell out of here. I'm trying to make my money. But uh, Jenny Vegas says, hit the like, 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 like button. So make sure you guys are doing that. Diane is, is uh, oh, the queen of the stream, by the way. And she's calling me out that I have not posted since the 12th. So I do need to fix that on alldodgers.com. LV Lopez checking in from Riverside. We got Johnny Chinga saying cheers. Cheers to you. I didn't tell I didn't, I didn't didn't tell Greg early enough that it's a Thirsty Thursday stream. So I apologize. I'll drink twice uh, for you, Greg. 
I, I finished off my scotch last night and now I need to go get, I have some wine, but I could go get that, but then I have to get up and I have to walk away. And that's yeah. just way too much work right now. Yeah. That would have so, been, sorry, about, that been before we go live sort of thing for sure. <laughs> Showtime LA in the stream saying Clint nation. That's what the fine people here have dubbed yeah. the show. Clint nation, RT, oh, uh, sorry, RJ Rotman says opening day cannot come soon enough. Could not agree, agree more with that. I just wanted to see at least them starting to play some baseball games, which we will see in about a week but let's uh let's first talk a little bit about uh, our instant reactions a little bit uh, you know a few hours later to the rob manfred news um we got more manfred later on in the show but commissioner mlb commissioner rob manfred announced he would be stepping down in january of 2029 it's like why january i understand the contract ends there he says he's not going to go back for it but uh importantly mr piece of metal is finally going to be gone what was your instant reaction to no more robbie manfred it was kind of an up and down kind of thing like a little bit of this a little bit of that because love seeing retirement and manfred in the same sentence that felt made me feel really good but it's too far away five years like i just feels it, it doesn't feel good. I want him to just be gone now. The yeah. shiny piece of metal will never, ever go away. That is something that has driven me nuts since the day it happened. And I think most people too. Possibly and probably the worst, worst commissioner in baseball history. And there's been a lot of bad ones. There like Kennesaw Mountain Landis. I think Manfred may be right, right there. So that's, that's saying something right there. Yeah. You, you'd have to, uh, you, you'd, you need to ask for a, a whole day to find up anything, you know, search anything that he's actually done well or something that we could be proud of and say, you know, that one was okay. I, I mean, admittedly, as somebody who, who has covered the team for money in the past, like having the shorter games last year was nice. I don't think yeah. he was necessarily the the overarching spearhead behind that, but uh, just got to stop letting this dude get on a microphone, man. It's just always something embarrassing coming out of his mouth, whether it's him stuttering uh, with the, the speech jammer going on in his ear, um, the – the other words that we mentioned, the piece of metal, not sus- not suspending any players from the Astros and then up to and including today him talking about the uniforms, which we will get into a little bit later. I want to talk Dodgers with you first, but, uh, yeah. you know, but go ahead. To go, with that, to go off of that, like all of that. That was Theo Epstein, by the way. Theo Epstein was the one that made all those rules. I don't believe Manfred had anything to do with it. He's probably just he's like, oh, I like those. I'm going to shorten the game and I'm going to take full credit for it. But. That was Theo Epstein. And Theo Epstein is probably going to be the guy that takes over for for Manfred, right? I, I mean, he I seems hope. like – he's the smartest guy in, in, the, in all of the rooms. So just put the smart guy in the room in the bright spot, and it should all work out just fine. Uh, just everything – and that's going to be his legacy. If I asked you what's Manfred's legacy, it's the Astro scandal. You are known Far for away. doing nothing in an Astro scandal when they was fully cheating – and stealing World Series titles, and I don't, I'm not saying give me a World Series title. I'm saying it was stolen and should not be yeah. – they should just make it go away. 17 should have been vacated at the bare minimum, at the yeah. bare minimum, or, or you know, a three-headed uh, World Series, which doesn't make any sense with Dodgers. Maybe throw the Yankees in there because they got yeah. screwed over. And, uh, of course, those asterisks will give them as uh, they love the asterisk. But um, – you know, if if Rob Manfred ever gets into the Hall of Fame, which for some ungodly reason he probably will, because that's one area like executives, it seems like they'll just throw in the Hall of Fame, but they won't 
add you know good players living players uh i i really hope they put a trash can uh as part of his plaque because i think that is what he is worthy of uh, that, that pile be, of crap that, that would be fantastic but i mean it's just he the him in the hall of fame just kind of makes sense because the hall of fame is just a complete waste of space at this point i don't believe anything anybody that's in the hall of fame as of now past scott Rowland means nothing to me anymore like the fact that I know this is not the topic that you wanted to get into and it was <laughs> not on the list or anything. You brought up Hall of Fame. I get really upset because Scott Rowland being in the Hall of Fame drives me absolutely bananas. You ignore anybody else in the history of the world, whether he was a good third baseman, good defensive player, or whoever that whoever he was, nobody, nobody went to a ballpark to go see Scott Rowland. <laughs> This is this is I'll give you a I'll give you a point on that one. No, no, you didn't go see Scott Rowland. He no. he he's one of those uh you know, he accumulated a lot of stats. He was a very good player, he was good enough with the media and the way the whole stupid system works is you can just hang around. Hey, if you want to let me into the party next year, I'll be here. It's it's very dumb. I was um uh, on with uh, my buddies over at the Bleed Lows podcast a couple weeks ago. It was oh, just okay. after. Yeah, they're hard, some of the hardest working people in, in show business here. Actually, I think they're they're about to be live at the same time. Uh, they're stealing my Thursdays. But um, it was just after Hall of Fame uh, you know, announcement. And, of course, Beltre. I think you would probably give a pass to Beltre as well. Very deserving, very, very yep. earned their first yep. ballot. But the idea of, like, if you don't get in the first time, you probably don't belong in the Hall of Fame. Get rid of the – I don't know why we're on Hall of Fame talk, but I appreciate it. It's good baseball talk. Um, get in the right. first time. Get rid of the stupid 10, or 10 limit, and and maybe you don't need 500 different writers and some of them saying, like, oh, I don't I don't think anybody should be in this year and people putting a, putting a player on one year but not the other year. It's, just, it's very stupid. It's very poorly put together. And another yeah. thing that hopefully the next commissioner, a good commissioner, can fix. I don't know if he has control of that, but somebody somewhere get the pieces moving i'm glad you said that because i that was exactly how how i felt and i think people don't necessarily agree with us but if you're telling me you can't get into the hall of fame on your first try you don't have enough boats your first try you're not a hall of famer that means that you were not good enough to get in it's either you're either a hall of famer or you're not when you think of certain guys when i think of you know albert pools boom Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. That's first ballot. You're in no matter what. If, if you have to sit there and go, hmm, maybe, yeah. I don't know, I have to look at the numbers. Let me see what he's done here. Oh, that's a pretty good on-base percentage. Like <laughs> at, the, at that point, you're not a Hall of Famer. You just yeah. weren't good enough. I'm sorry. It's like, yeah, well, I mean, if, if you translate his numbers to now from when he was playing, but if he was playing now, he'd be a really good player. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it's based on era. It's based on – I mean, I think it's – as I see uh, Diane uh, mentioned in, in the uh, the chat here, uh, I lost where it went, but I think she said, like, the fact that Pete Rose isn't in the Hall of Fame Hall of is, is – a. it's just ridiculous, which I fully agree with Diane. We'll give Diane some points on that one. But – um you know, I don't care about the whole idea of the steroid era. That was a symptom of the game at the moment. And the same way there are players in the Hall of Fame from the 70s and 80s who were, were slamming greenies, basically doing meth, which was a performance-enhancing drug that was later eliminated. Uh, 
Randy Johnson, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, these guys probably deserve at least a mention in the Hall of Fame because they were a symptom of the game at the time. And let's be fair of, of uh, you know, Bud Selig kind of not doing his job very good. I mean, we can go back to Cy Young. He killed the guy. Like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> and he's in there. Like, it's uh, there, things have happened over the time to get you in. If you Barry Bonds, I've, if you go back and look at Barry, and I know he's a giant, and we all hate him, and blah blah blah. But if you go look at his stats, they're stupid. I don't. Care. There's no. There's nothing that you can look on there and say it's just like you know on on Baseball Reference how they 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 bold things that you're the best at. It's bold everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The entire thing is bold. So at that point, like I don't care about the steroids. You you cannot talk about the game of baseball without Barry Bonds. And that's what it should be about. And that's that, and for me, that would be another way as we'll wrap on 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 this unplanned topic, which, again, I very much enjoy. This is fun. I, I enjoy this kind of, uh, you know, having somebody to talk baseball to. Um, yeah with the voice on the other side of the screen, that's, that's very fun. But like somebody like Fernando definitely did not put up the numbers, but for what he meant to the game, that's a hall of famer other on the other flip side of it, oral Hershiser, probably not a hall of famer hall of very good. There's a plenty yeah. of hall of very good, but there's a, there's a story, there's a number and, and uh factor to it. And it shouldn't be based on like, well, this guy waited long enough. All right. Let's let him in. That's Fred McGriff. Like, Fred if you, McGriff. If you can get in on the veterans committee, you're not a Hall of Famer. If you had to wait through all of that time, you're not. Like, I look, love you, guy, but you obviously weren't good enough all of the other times you were be, trying to be voted in. Yeah. Like, you don't have to put people in if they're not actually there. The Hall of Very Good is what it is now. It's And there's a lot of it is just Hall of Good. It is, yeah. Hall of Good, Hall of Very Good, Hall of Okay. And, uh, a few people in here definitely. Uh, BC said no shilling despite the steroids makes no sense. Yeah, I don't agree. Uh, Kurt Schilling, he didn't do enough. You know, they have they have uh, they, the bloody sock is in in the Hall of Fame. That that's good enough. Um, I like postseason is what kind of would yeah. put him in, and that's it. Yeah, if we're if we're going off postseason, you know. I mean, there's going to be it's going to be a crazy argument when we get to the point where Mason Saunders, a.k.a. Um, damn it. I, I actually lost his real name right now. Uh, who who, that, who oh, that was a, the nickname, his rodeo nickname. Who the hell is the oh, you're talking about Madison Bumgarner? Yeah, Mad Bum. How the hell did I lose? <laughs> don't go to the nickname first. Time. Next time, don't go to the nickname first. But like, how is he going to be? Is he going to be a Hall of Famer? Or, or are we going to have this conversation of like, yeah, he was exceptional in the postseason, but then he just kind of lingered around? Uh, yeah. David David Hildreth says uh, BBWAA are full of themselves. And I think there are a good fair amount of them that definitely are. So I'll agree. And I'll give that one a coin as well. Yep. Uh, very good point here about the hall of fame. Diane says, smash that like button for Clint nation. <laughs> so we got that <laughs> Gus says, Steve Garvey belongs in the hall of fame. I'm a little bit uh, iffy on that one as well. Sarah Morris also agrees. Barry Bonds should be in the hall of fame. Didn't like him. Should be in the hall of fame. <laughs> I see. Um, uh, Jenny saying, yeah, Mad Bum, sure, why not? You know, we'll have that conversation in a few years. But right now, 
Let's uh, let's get into 2024. The sights and sounds at a Camelback Ranch are really igniting this Dodger fan base. And I know you, sir, are a busy boy over there at ESPN LA, but you yep. have to be hyped about uh, this new look Dodgers team. What was your reaction first, just to the offseason? Shohei Yamamoto, Teoscar. Uh, I mean, bringing back some of the other guys with with Kelly Hayward. Overall, like like reaction to it all. I think the biggest thing for me was that. Andrew Friedman and Mark Walter basically said that we are going to get you the Shohei. Like you're going to come here and we are going to get everything that you could possibly want. And he's, and they, and he, they came through, they got everybody. They went on and got glass. Now they got Yamamoto. They got T Oscar Hernandez on a, a, a short, sweet contract and everything. It gets deferred. All the money is getting through. So he's only making very little money. I think what they did in the off season is, Phenomenal. And I don't think there would be any other team in baseball that can actually pull off what the Dodgers pulled off because you, thinking the way that they think, how, how much they're uh, from the top of the organization all the way down to the bottom, you can tell that it's all completely in sync. And that's why this is where Shohei wanted to be and how we were able to get everybody else. I think there's just so much going on. And the weird thing about it is like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not even done. It's, I don't think they need much more, but like what else? They said, we're going to make sure that every single position is the best player possible yeah. at that position. And they did it. Like there's other guys that are out there. Liam Hendricks is a guy that's still kind of out there. It's a you know, little bit older, but he's being talked about coming off to Tommy John because if you're a Dodger, you've had Tommy John once or twice. That's just fair. <laughs> and so like a guy like that could very well slot in in – he might come for less here because I'm going to win a world series. It used to happen with the warriors where they would get, they put, they put the super team together and then guys would just come because they're like, okay, we can just sign on for a minimum, win an NBA championship and move on. That's what the Dodgers are doing right now. And you can see it in the off season. It's a, it's amazing, amazing what they're doing. Yeah. I I would imagine like, like one of the biggest factors, I think limiting, uh, limiting them right now still is the 40 man roster. They don't have that much wiggle room to play with. Uh, you know, yeah, you can 60 day Kershaw. You can, um, you can 60 day. I think one more, uh, one more dude. I can't remember right now, but you, you don't have very much freedom there, but you do have, I like the idea of a Liam Hendricks. And I think it was John Heyman who was talking about him today. Um, where, He's somebody that I think he's, you know, he's coming along. I think he's starting to throw a baseball right now, and and, uh, he might not sign until later in the season. One of the things we've heard the most about, uh, like, after all of the big signings, as I bring the comments back in here, um, was – they want a closer. They still want a closer. It's not so much that Evan Phillips can't get the job done, but they want to be able uh, to deploy him wherever they want. And if it's, you know, we've seen the Devin Williams thrown out there. Obviously, that's not going to happen. I think that that's as much as they could go out and get him. It's going to cost a little bit. It's going to cost a good arm and a leg. And they have enough right now where you don't need to be the very best version of this team in April and May and June. We've seen them be that in the past, and it doesn't really mean shit if if, uh, we can all remember the past uh, as much as Dodger fans tend to. if you're looking, you're looking ahead, you're looking at somebody like a Hendricks, you're maybe looking at a Williams at the trade deadline. Uh, both of those guys should be available ra- around then. Um, 
Jenny, Jenny is in, in on the, the Hendrix thing, saying he's resilient AF, and he's definitely somebody that I think at this point in time for half a season, I agree with you that he would probably go somewhere for less money for that chance to win. And all of a sudden, you're adding, down, you're adding Liam Hendricks to the end of your bullpen in the middle of the season, along with Clayton Kershaw to to the, the starting rotation, along with Walker Bueller in a month or whatever it's going to be into the season. Um I call it, you know, we call it the embarrassment of riches uh, with this Dodger, with this Dodgers team and this roster, and it just seems like the hits don't stop coming. No, it's a good, and it's going to keep on coming, and it's amazing that we're not even going to be talking about guys like Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May that were big parts of that team, and they're, I mean, they're not going to pitch this year, but most likely. So there's so many things that they're doing right now, and Hendricks would be great. I, I see, I liked. Phillips in the closer role. I thought he was great. He came through and he, he was he was solid. He was always on point. I mean, obviously he's better in that fireman role that Blake Trinan was always in. But if, if you can get one of those, I don't even know what's going on with Trinan. Do you know if he, is he going to be back this yeah, year? Yeah, he's they they're saying he's healthy. He's at camp. He's pitching. He's throwing the same thing with that other guy they they acquired last off season, uh, JP Fireisen. He's a guy okay. that they they're expecting to be a part of the opening day bullpen. And Dan Hudson lives. He lingers. He's like Bill? a cockroach. He will not go away. <laughs> he's actually the guy. I don't know if you saw the clip. Uh, I think it was today, Gavin Lux, you know, going, going long dong at, at Camelback. It was off of Dan Hudson. So Danny's in mid season form, but <laughs> that, that would be kind of like, there, there's two paths you, you can very easily walk with this team. It's like, is, is this the best team of our lifetime? Is this the best team ever? And also like, it's kind of easy to nitpick at some of the problems they could have. There's a lot of people, particularly on the pitching staff, that their their strength isn't being healthy. We'll say, especially over the last couple of years, and and you Glass know, Glasnow would would be one. Yamamoto has not pitched uh, as a major leaguer in his lifetime. I I don't think that will be a problem. But like adjusting to the every five day schedule or however they plan that out. Um, you know, there, there's definitely some of those question marks in there. Um, but back, going back to what you're, you're saying, like uh, you love Phillips in that, that fireman role, um, yeah. him being, or sorry, in that closers role, him being good at that role. It, it's kind of a problem that it depends on Blake trying a good little bit, fire eyes on a little bit. And then of course you have Joe Kelly who needs to stay healthy in his own right. And, right. and Bruce Dark Gratterall. So I do want to ask you now those those two questions I kind of just threw out to the ethos. Yep. Um, best team of our lifetime, best team ever. Riff on that. So I mean, it, for the Dodgers, it's it's kind of crazy because I think I've said this is the best Dodger team of my lifetime the like the last three years. Every year it's the best Dodger team of my lifetime. So, yes, this team should be the best. Dodger team of my lifetime and possibly if it all works out could be the very best team of of all time with everything that they have this is they have a chance to legitimately win beat the 116 games I if they win if you said to me they're going to win 120 games I'd say okay uh, I, I can totally see it yeah you say they're going to win 105 games I would say okay I can totally see it I mean it it really doesn't matter what they do. It really, obviously it depends on what they do in the postseason. but if they go through and they sweep through the playoffs and they sweep and they doesn't have to sweep, if they go through and win the world series, 
I think this may go down as the best team of anyone's lifetime. There's just so many stars. You're not going to find a, a, even a one, two, three better than Mookie, Freddie, Shohei. And then yeah. you're going to have the, a, all the other dudes that are behind them. You, you don't even know if it's going to be. Is it going to be Will Smith? Is it going to yeah. be Max Muncy? Is it going to be Teoscar Hernandez? Is all, it gonna... all three of those guys have been all-stars in their lifetime as well? Yep. So there's just so many things about this team. And that I'm not even talking about the pitching staff. The fact that Yamamoto is 25, never pitched a game in the in the major leagues, and he's the highest paid player pitcher in major league history, more than Garrett Cole. That means that you're coming in and you have to become the clear number one starter immediately, which is a tough place to be in. And if he shows up and it is that guy and having a healthy Glasnow, a healthy Walker Bueller, who was your number one for a long time, how he was in the in the playoffs was I trusted no one more than Walker Bueller in the postseason. So if he's in your three, four spot, I there's just so many guys that are here that if you put them all together and they win a World Series in their first year, it's the best team I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, uh, focusing on Walker Bueller, I said it in a recent show, recent stream, or whatever it uh, uh, whatever it was. Uh, you look at where things kind of started coming apart for Walker Bueller. You put together that that exceptional. 2021 um almost i think it was an over eight uh war if you're looking at baseball reference dude was was lights out but obviously coming off of the the covid shortened season my guy was gassed in october and it showed and and the whole rotation was gassed you know they got their world series when when um when scherzer struck out lamont wade whoever it was uh or wilmer flores don't cry about it, Wilmer. Um, yeah. And then, you know, he's not there in 22. He's not there in, in 23. And you're seeing them get bounced in the first round. Walker Bueller, to me, kind of my X factor. Uh, now I'm thinking about it. If you're looking on the pitching side, Walker Bueller 100% is the X factor uh, for this team. Um, what about you? Let's throw that one out there. You got an X factor uh, this year. So X Factor is a tough one because you can't go with any of those big dudes that are up there, the people at the top of the lineup, even the people in the middle. I think the one that I would go with is maybe a guy like Gavin Lux, who is going to be your everyday shortstop, who is going to be – he was supposed to be last year the guy that was just going to be steady and just, like, you know, hidden. He has always had a little bit of power, can get on base. If you can play a good shortstop and and be good with – uh, Mookie Betts at second, which, by the way, love Mookie at second non, uh, all, the whole time. But Lux being at the bottom of the lineup, being that number nine guy that's your pseudo kind of leadoff guy, I think he can come through in a very clutch way. So I would probably go with Lux right there. That's fair. It's almost like X-Factor slash unsung hero or unexpected star for the season. And right. Uh, I was talking about this with uh, with Dmac last week. It's like Lux has it very easily right now. All he needs to do, no yeah, is just play a good enough shortstop. Don't be a problem and keep the line moving in that number number nine spot. That's all you need to do. The pressure is completely not there and. You know, I'm somebody who's very much learned in my uh, years of covering this team and uh, particularly seeing him from the start of his career up to this point. The mentals will get to him. The pressure will get to him. Right now, d- there is no pressure. Just go have fun, kid. Go go pretend like you're you're still playing in Kenosha, playing some shortstop, and uh, you know, drop a few dingers here and there. Um, and you're gonna have a good time. But 
it's a good X factor. It's a good uh, uh, unexpected star, we'll say, to have uh, for the the season. I do want to get to some of the uh, some of the comments here. Um, we've been doing that thing where we're talking, and I, I mean, I'm assuming the people are here to have us talking. But you know, I also feel bad when we're not getting into the comments. Uh, yeah. Diane is praying for the pitching staff to be healthy. Um, every team needs that, but none more than this Dodgers team because yeah, the depth is pretty good. Uh, you know, you look at that six through ten. This is one of the things I was speaking with uh dodger blues jeff spiegel about last week as well look at that look at me plugging my shit but yeah check out the links are in the description below the, the six through ten i mean the dodger six through ten rotation could be the the full rotation you know the one through five for the pittsburgh pirates like it's not that bad but it's also um you don't want to go into October with those guys. You know, these these top five, top six, they need to stay healthy. So uh, everybody give a thumbs up to the video for uh, Diane's point there. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And by the way, for the Diane, like, that's why I think they're – I wonder what you think. Like, them going to a six-man rotation, if that's actually what they end up doing, I think it's extremely smart to do it that way because there's so many injuries on it because you have a 25 year old Yamamoto that has never pitched in the major leagues and you don't know kind of how that's going to react on his body. Um, Glass now who has, it doesn't stay healthy. You have, yeah. you have uh, Bueller, like we've been talking about that has two Tommy Johns. There's just Bobby Miller still very young. When Kershaw comes back, he's going to need a little extra time. I mean, everybody that they're going to be throwing out there is going to be guys that have either been had injury histories or could use that extra rest if they can just keep those guys healthy and just going slowly down the line and be ready when it gets to October, then hopefully all of that goes away in October that we're not worrying about, Oh God, the pitching staff's worn down throwing too many innings. Like what's going on here. This is, it's a, it's a big deal. It really is. They, they need to, uh, they can really kind of script the regular season, but we've learned particularly over the last two years, they cannot script October. It doesn't work. You can also go back to 2019. Scripting October does not work. So just go stay healthy, go play, and and get everybody uh, right, in the, right in the end. You know, well, that's bad phrasing, but get, get people ready to go. In it's September. your stream. You can say what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, damn, you're damn right. Hit that like button, guys. Uh, I don't know on YouTube, says Williams. Talking about Devin Williams is wasting away with the Brewers. Um, listen, give, give him time. He could be a Dodger by, uh, by August like 2nd or whenever it's going to be. Come um, on, I mean, let's just real fast. Sorry to interrupt you, but like, if you get Devin Williams at the trade deadline, it's it's just not fair. Like, it's yeah. not fair to the rest of the Major League Baseball what they're doing here. You can't give get every single person possible. There's not they they already have. It's an embarrassment of riches, like you said earlier. Mm-hmm. They already have an amazing All Star caliber player at basically every single position, or a former All Star at every single position. And you want to get Devin Williams, who's possibly the best closer in baseball, too. I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. Give me more, but that's wild to even think about. Hey, everybody's already big mad at the Dodgers. Just go all in, and then if they want to complain about. Uh... 
Be the uh, heel. Yeah, be the heel. People want to complain about, oh, the Dodgers are buying a championship. I mean, the, the Rangers kind of did. And, you know, people weren't happy with the way the Dodgers won in 2020 when everybody had the equal amount of opportunity to win. Yeah. Who cares about their respect? What we're looking for is rings and parades here yeah. in uh, in Los Angeles, as Rob Manfred would say. Would say. Uh, <laughs> we got one more mention coming up. Uh, Akira is checking in from Japan. So we, we got, uh, as we used to say on my old show, we got Mr. Mr. Worldwide going on right now. Um, surprisingly, okay, this is getting a little bit ahead, but but a tease into the next segment. Jenny says she's okay with the size of the names on the back. We will talk about that in just a second. Oh, uh, but <laughs> there's a lot of things I really want to complain about, uh, about those things. But um, Diana agrees, need that six-man rotation. I agree. I don't think it'll be a, a direct or an exact six-man rotation. I think it'll be what they do all the time, which is you bring up a spot starter, you have you know give another guy an extra day, or as Dave would say, give him a blow. That's how they'll do it. But by the second half, they fully can uh, do a six-man rotation. I mean, we haven't even mentioned uh, James Paxton, who's going to be in there. And then, <laughs> yeah, most most people do after after Kershaw <laughs> signed. They're like, oh, who, what? What's going yeah. on here? But the one lefty that's up there. I, it's funny. I talk about it with Travis Rogers, who's on um, ESPN right LA with uh, Travis and Sleeva show, and he always makes fun of me. I'm like, there's only one lefty starter, and he's like, what are you doing? Shut up! Why? <laughs> Shut up. Like there's they have enough. Yeah. I don't care that there's only one lefty starter. Give so me all of the people. That's what, I mean <laughs> at this point that's what people want. They're tired of losing in uh, in the first round. Mario wants to see a nine man rotation. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I think then you're getting too far down. Might, 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 might be uh might be a little much there. Diane also yeah, points out and getting in there. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for Stone this year. I'm I'm gonna feel uh, I'm gonna feel a little something. I don't know if it's good or bad about Stoner, but I'm hoping Stoner, uh, when he does get an opportunity, can show out because last year sucked ass yeah, for Gavin Stone. Diane said also she's pointing out that I can say as many f bombs as I want on here. I try not to go too hard in the paint on the f bombs. Don't want to get demonetized um, because you know. It'd be like that. But I'm seeing a few people talking about the jerseys. It's probably about time to move on and uh, talk about these jerseys. But, of course, we are here with Mr. Greg Bergen, Bergman, the famous ESPN LA worldwide sensation corporate Greg. Hey, listen, you know, that's your radio bump. That was the greatest intro ever, but also you're the real FRG. I'm not the real Bergman, I, so you are the famous one. Listen, get yourself a better a handle you could change it you've gone through a few of them in the time that i've known you just (laughs) it's fun it's just fun to change it up every once in a while and be like hey i can't find you yeah too bad (laughs) it it, it'd be like that you know these people got to find you that way or sometimes you could hide and be like i wanted to make sure you really cared about me this is um the hot topic of the day and it's really making the rounds the athletic just dropped a kind of scathing article uh, about an hour hour and a half before we go live here on all dodgers live on this fine thirsty thursday but yes the uniforms they trash they ugly they are mid at best and uh to me listen no amount of paid off players talking about how great it is on social media can change my mind. MLB and Nike, they look cheap. They look like shit. And I brought this up on Monday stream. It didn't get too much traction then, but then it seems like now, like the rest of the baseball world is kind of caught up today. Uh, fans hate the way it looks. Players hate the way it looks and feels. Um, 
Angels outfielder Taylor Ward says, quote, it looks like a replica, does not look like a $450 jersey. What are your thoughts uh, so far about uh, a couple days of these new look uniforms? I mean, they're they're ridiculous. They look stupid. They are. They do look like a replica. And if the players are not happy with the way that they feel, then they're going to have to change them. I know this is just spring training, but they're going to have to change them. And also, when I think it was Jenny that said that there's the, she was fine with the way the size of the lettering. Come on. It, they, they're teeny tiny. They're they so, so bunched up. So there's the MLB logo that's probably just a little bit too big, bunched up with these teeny tiny letters, and then the numbers are gigantic that are moved into them. The whole thing looks ridiculous. When you see the back of people's jerseys, you have to like squint to read who it is. I, it doesn't look right at all, and I think they're terrible, and they're just trying to sell something out, and I think those are going to get tossed out to the side. Yeah, I'm they- sure you Thing. Yeah, they have time to remedy. They have time to rectify this this uh, this travesty that is trying to uh, ruin our fine game. But zero customization. This is more of the things that players are complaining about. They can't customize any parts of the jerseys anymore. They're supposed to be completely uniform, which means no tight pants for Walker Bueller. And to me, no, that's, that's just that's a no. That's a no for me, dog. Um they're not, they're not staying true. Yeah, Lux, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. There's a number of them out there. Spencer Strider. Uh, a lot of these dudes are going to be very unhappy about it. So zero customization. They're not staying true to the colors in the the athletic article. Um, one of the I think it was Dansby Swanson talking about like I mean Cubs blue is is pretty like world famous. How do they mess that up? Um, apparently players complained to the the, the the union about it trying to get it fixed. Some people who, who are like reps with Nike talking to their people, not a damn soul likes it. And again, I don't, I don't care about videos of, of like Jason Hayward saying, man, these feel so good. And then you see like the gun pop up behind his head, you know, it's like, I am good. Please return my family. But, um, <laughs> so in, in only as infinite wisdom as only final mention of Rob Manfred on today's show, as only he can do, a whole bunch of bitch, people are a whole bunch of bitches are complaining and moaning about this this issue about these ugly ass uniforms and and nobody liking the way again they look like Otani oh, on the back. It, well, this was a thing at his intro presser. How stupid and how tiny the letters were on that on that damn uniform. Um, so Manfred did that thing where he's like, yeah, we're totally listening to everybody, and then just gave us this uh, shit soup. So let's hear him and then react to uh, Robbie Manfred. Well, we always pay attention to what people are saying um, uh, about any new initiative. Um, I think you know in baseball, any new initiative, there's going to be some negative feedback. Um, First and most important, uh, these are Nike jerseys. I mean, we entered this partnership with Nike because of who they are and the kinds of products that they produce. Um, Everything they've done for us so far has been absolutely 100% successful across the board. Um, The jerseys are different. They're designed to be performance wear as opposed to what has traditionally been worn, so they are going to be different. But they have been tested more extensively than any jersey in any sport. Uh, The feedback from the All-Star game last year where the jerseys were worn was uniformly positive from the players. So I think after people, you know, wear them a little bit, I think that that they're going to be really popular. Ridiculous. I I don't know about popular. I think people would just accept that this is the garbage they have to wear. 
but uh, this is why we march and, and complain and and try to get some some things done right now. But Manfred again, once again, just completely missing the point. And this guy didn't listen to anybody. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw, and this is another one of the things that um, uh, it was mentioned in the Athletic. It's like the day. Uh, a whole bunch of players, fans are, are taken to the Twitter machine to complain about this situation um, and these ugly ass uniforms. They, uh, the league, sends out like, "Here's all of our rave reviews." It's like, did nobody read the room? Uh, and again, it's just that's what Major League Baseball does. They don't read the room. They just, yeah, no, we're going to stay with the status quo. Yeah, they're basically like Rotten Tomatoes, and they just pay for people to give the critic score to go up or down. And that's what it is. I, are you a Seinfeld fan? I'm, I'm a Seinfeld fan. Okay, so this – Rob Manfred sounds like George Costanza when he changed the uniforms for the Yankees. He said, cotton jerseys. <laughs> that's what he said. They all shrunk. <laughs> they, exactly. They yeah. So, like, it's just – what sounds like a good idea doesn't necessarily mean it is a good idea. And the, the players that are saying that it, they're also the players are also saying that their pants feel like they're not their pants. Yeah. If you don't actually feel like your pants that you're wearing, you're not going to be comfortable. You're not going to be able to play to the to the peak of your performances, and you're going to have a watered down product because they're going to be complaining and upset with what they're wearing. In play good, feel like feel good, good play, play good. good. Yeah. That's how that stuff works. And you let the players do it. If you can't let them customize things or get the tight pants or get whatever they're wanting. It's a problem. Anything that you say of like, well, it's Nike, so therefore everything's going to be A-OK. Yeah. That's not the way you can do this. Like that's that's just a blanket statement. Like that's what makes it OK. Oh, it's Nike. Well, I guess that's that's all we ever really needed, you know, was just it to be Nike. And uh, I'll I'll buy whatever you're selling now. Thank you, Mr. Rob Manfred. I saw I saw um, two seven five vet uh, two seven five vet says that that is Rob Manfred speak for um, fuck you <laughs> the yeah. whole his whole his whole spiel there it's just like we don't care but a lot um, of words to get to one space as as the as you know they usually tend to do. Um, I don't know. I don't have too many more thoughts on it. I, again, I already kind of complained. Uh, Rebecca uh, is is upset about the idea of the prospect of no tight pants as well. We should be. Um, what else? Uh, Anthony, if we're talking more, Manfred says he has to go. Like he's definitely going to retire. But you know, I like get get the hell out of here a little bit sooner. Here, um, that one I'm that one I'm lost in. Go ahead. You got something. No, I was just saying that, like, why does it have to be five years? Like, why can't he just go just, now just, yeah. and let bring Theo Epstein? I think everybody would be happy. I think the owners would be happy. I don't think anybody's going to be upset. I mean, they're making money, so the owners are never going to care. But at the same time, it's he's a joke. Like, what are we talking about? If, you just, if any rational person listens to what you just played, they say this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah, and of course we've we've heard most of his uh, of Robbie's. Uh, well, as Johnny says here, you know Rob Manfred is lying. His lips are moving. We've we've gone through the Manfred lip service plenty over, uh, especially over these last you know six or seven years since uh, since the uh, uh, trash can gate. One last little note, or, or I guess we'll call it a, a side note or addendum or an extra adventure. Um, the, the Dodgers oh, unveiled. Okay. Huh? No, yeah, we're going back into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Dodgers unveiled their corporate sponsor patch this week, and uh, you know, 
the the team just said f all y'all we're gonna like we're the sponsor now uh do you like it do you hate it Are you indifferent could it have been worse I mean, I'm sure it could have been worse. They could have used like Exxon Mobil. I don't know. They could have used Fine found something. I don't know. I don't know why I chose Exxon Mobil. Like they're totally sponsored fine. by ISIS. <laughs> and now I'm demonetized. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They caught you now. Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, like, I just thought it was weird. A big giant G. I don't really usually care about jersey patches because that it's just there for the money. But they're the owners of the team. Did they actually? pay for the jersey sponsorship or do they just take it i don't understand how this is working and if it's the whole point of it is to make money through a jersey sponsor and you're not paying for that sponsor you put on there what are we doing just don't do it so go look at the g and be like oh i'm going to guggenheim let me let me just go go to google and find them go find them and see what they do listen it it's it's um, it's a hell of a it, again. It's a hell of a ballsy play by them. Sure, yeah. they they're not they're not giving themselves money directly. I would imagine unless that, that's very weird. It's like here you go, and then they do a fake handshake or whatever. <laughs> but you look you look at where they put that. They they put that on that right arm, where Shohei holds that bat. They that Guggenheim is gonna get out there, day after day. Freddie's arm too for the next well four years but also the next uh 10 years like if you're looking for a mobile billboard and you want to get that in front of of people's faces particularly in japan which was always kind of like when they hired um the the whatever like japanese liaison in marketing i forget the the fella's name but you know they knew what they were doing with the shohei hire like they're making money off of him they're paying shohei for the next 20 years uh, ostensibly i don't even know if that's the right word in this situation um And and uh, you know Shohei's going to make his money, but again, that's a that's a hell of a damn billboard for whatever the hell it is that you know Guggenheim is trying to sell. Like, like uh, what is that again? What are they? <laughs> yeah, what, like what do they actually do? They sell something? So I googled like- it. It said Guggenheim Partners, innovative solutions, enduring values. So if you guys want <laughs> to buy enduring values. Go to Guggenheim, courtesy. Tell them Shohei sent you. I mean, it, it was a, it was it was a good thought by you, like having the right arm up and you can see the the patch right there. Like that's that's smart. I didn't even think about it that, but at the same time, for the I'm, I know I'm going to a different sport, but for the Lakers patch, they have BBGo, yeah, and they have like when you see BBGo, you're like, oh, what's that? I'm gonna go find it and go see that it is dumpling. <laughs> you don't like just like the G. Uh, the I saw somebody put the uh, like the Gru from Despicable Me. <laughs> they put the, the his G next to it, so. Somebody yeah. else said it was a great tweet. So the G stands for gangsta. I appreciated <laughs> that as well. Sure, like great, but I mean, I don't. Is Guggenheim really trying to get more business? I mean, if you can buy the Dodgers and pay Shohei Otani six hundred and fifty million or whatever is in ten years from now, then you're doing okay. Like I don't think you're you're hurting for cash. You own the Dodgers and are going to make billions of dollars. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just very strange to me that they would use their own company to go onto the arm. The important thing is, again, it could have been much, much worse. And we, we saw that the spectacle was like the, the Mets uh, logo last year, sponsor patch. And at least it's just a G. At least it kind of matches the colors on sure. the ugly uniform. So right. 
Could have been worse, but anyways, uh, my guy, Mr. Noel Sanchez is in the chat. He just wanted to throw out a what's up, Clint and Greg, what is going on? Yeah. Uh, Los is in the chat, says what's up, Greg Bergman. So you're getting some love there in the yeah, chat. The uh, vice president of the handsome man community right there, Los. <laughs> that's a that's an ESPN 710 thing. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I, I, I listen to radio, trust me. I don't, I, I don't even listen to this show. Let's be fair. <laughs> I live it. That's why. Um, let's see. Uh, 275 Vet said, I'd guess they pay out of a separate corporation ad fund, then deduct it. Again, I don't think they're paying. I think they're just – it's like like when uh, you know a player dies or whatever, they put their number on the jersey. This is like uh, – maybe it's a bad, bad correlation, but still. It's like they're just – it's free real estate. Throw it on there instead of the L.A. – but that's um, the whole point. Like, it doesn't matter whether or not they use some kind of dummy corporation or they use whatever they're using to get that on there. They're not getting money from somebody paying to put their sponsor on their on their jersey, especially with Shohei there. I guarantee you there's a bunch of different companies that would love to have their sponsorship right there. I'm sure they were aware and they, they just went all in and said, like, we, we got I think I got this. It's but. for us. Don't worry about it. But uh, that'll be around now. Who knows how long they're going to be doing that sponsorship. But uh, sad to know that the 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 beautiful, iconic uniform is, uh, you know, forever gone. Uh, you know, yeah. pray to, everybody pray to your God and, and uh, rest in peace. Old school Dodgers jersey and also the one from like the early 2000s with the uh, with the nice piping. Uh, that's another one. That's another phrasing right there. <laughs> You're all about the phrasing today. Nice piping. That is what she said. All right, before I let you get out of here, I, yeah. I, I invented a whole new segment just for you. Uh, oh, so if it I crashes get... and burns, I blame you specifically. But I'm calling it the Hot Corner, fully original. Nobody has ever called a show or the segment, any segment, never heard of it. the Hot Corner. But this is... This is like uh, I'm, I'm calling it my my hot ones, uh, hot ones without the wings. This is five spicy topics of increasing spiciness, and things that are designed to maybe maybe get you in trouble and get a few DMs slid your way. But I I I know you and I believe in you and I believe that you have the ability to uh, reason any one of your takes about these particular topics. So all that yeah. said, I promise it's not actually a trap. I'm not going to, not going <laughs> to set you up my guy, but number one, Gavin Lux, we talked about him a little bit. He's, he turned heads today with a loud ass batting practice, took Dan Hudson yard with a dong. Is he, here's your, here's your spicy question. Is he still the starting shortstop by September? Uh, yes, I think he is starting the, the, still the same starting shortstop because I don't think there's anybody that's going to take over him. It's not going to be Miguel Rojas, and and I don't think they'll go out and get somebody else. I think they wanted him to be the starting shortstop last year and to be the guy that was just always going to be can be just a steady guy like you and DMac were talking about. You said that he just has to be fine. Yeah, and if he's fine defensively, he's going to be great because if he's hitting, if he's hitting. If he's hitting dingers, if he's getting on base, if he's showing his speed, if he can just be a steady presence at the bottom of the lineup just to have someone there, then he'll stay there for the whole season. I don't think that uh, he will be going anywhere anytime soon. Just stay healthy and be good enough. That's all you got to do. If he doesn't fall off the face of the planet. But then again, if he's playing decent enough defense and can't hit, they already had that with with um, Miguel Rojas last year. Yeah. So they clearly we've seen this team be able to survive it and still go out and win 100 games. 
Question number two. We know there's going to be a lot of attention surrounding this team this year in the Shohei era, in the year where they're supposed to go out and win it all. Can this group, can can Mookie Betts, (laughs) I'll I'll focus on him, but can this uh, group handle the noise and attention? I think if there's a team that can handle the noise and attention, it's probably this one because what we were talking about earlier – Every single year has been World Series or bust. It's been like that for like eight years, it feels like. Every year has been that. And so this is no different. By signing all these guys and bringing in all these different people and being the best team possibly ever and the best of our our Dodger lifetime and all of those things, it's still the same goal as it was last year, World Series or bust. So if they're going to be able – if they can handle that over the years and just in the media specifically – this year is going to be no different. It's just going to be with a, a different guy and a higher level with Shohei. And if Shohei can just be cool and get along with his teammates and show who he was that it was not in Anaheim, he's yeah. the way I looked at it was like he's in Los Angeles now. It, Los Angeles and Los Angeles Anaheim are totally two different places, different worlds, different worlds. If he can just be here and be and show that he's willing to be a part of everything when he when he got his MVP. His speech was all in English. He wasn't doing that when he was an angel. So I think there are a lot of things that are he's starting to change just a little bit to be a part of the team. He also deferred all of his money so they can get dudes. I mean, what are we yeah. talking about here? So this if is- there's a team that can do it, it's this team that can handle all that pressure. Yeah, this is a, that was a man who was absolutely scorned and hurt by his past relationship already in the angels. This is a guy like, whatever, I don't care. I just, I just, I just want to have fun and go try to win some ball games. And, uh, it's a hell of a way of doing it, uh, to do it is by, uh, deferring 68 million of your 70 million annually. Um, stole my thunder a little bit. Cause the next Sorry. question I was going to ask you is, is the se- season a failure if they don't win a world series? Because, they, you know, you know how it goes. The end of they they get bounced in the NLDS. They set up the postseason uh, or after season postmortem a week later, where Andrew Friedman and sometimes Brandon Gomes are there, being like, "No, this was a very good success, uh, successful season," and we don't we don't view it in terms of you know a World Series or bust. But then you listen to Shohei, and and one of the things he said, it's like, "No, they said it's like." It, it, this last run has been a failure and now we want you to make it uh, where it's not a failure. Uh, so we'll ask, I'll ask you more direct. You already answered it, but yeah. is it a failure to you, to the fan base, to the greater media? You also understand how the greater media will, will run and carry this, uh, you know, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith works for your network. You know, who's going to want to talk about it. Yep. Uh, if they don't win the world series, is it a failure? Yes, 100% is a failure. And I'd ask you the same thing from last year. Was last year a failure? Less less so just because they didn't spend. At the beginning, when you went into this year, into the last year, did you think they had was World Series or bust? I, I would, I would, last year I wouldn't say it was World Series, but maybe make a World Series. It was, it was. But it there was. were, there were a lot more questions. Like the year before when they had Trey Turner, that sure. was, that was a much better feeling team. Last year it was like, Last year was the the year we kind of I kind of felt it's like 
yeah, whatever. They might F around and maybe, you know, pull a 93-win season out of their ass. That's fine. They're still going to make the playoffs. But, you know, there were some obvious problems. And then they, they go and yeah, then they go in and hit the century mark again because that's just you know what they do. But the year before was a World Series of bust. The year before that was World Series yeah. of bust. The year before that was World Series of bust. I think maybe 2017 wasn't. 2018 yeah. probably wasn't. But every year yeah. after that, yeah, 19 through 20 through 22, 100. They they needed yeah. to go out and win, and they and they they won one. But it was also the year that was a little you know. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. All right. So if we're talking about success. Failure. There's going to be one guy at the top of all of that, and it's not Shohei. He might, makes much less money, but he also makes the decisions. Uh, if the Dodgers are once again bounced early in the playoffs, does Dave Roberts get fired? Are you asking me, or are you asking me what I think that Andrew Friedman will do? Those are two very I, different. I, I understand that entirely. I'll go with the latter. We know, like I, I would say no, but also, or I. I don't know. It's like, what what does a manager do anymore? You just have to keep people together. So if the team doesn't like fall apart and hate each other, you know, if they don't yeet the group chat, I would say he did his job or whatever. But at the same time, with all of the as I steal, you know, answering the question, I guess I just lobbed you up to I, I lobbed the ball off the backboard to give myself the alley oop. But you call yourself Ricky Davis. It's okay. It's all good. Um but yeah, it's it's a uh, this is just it, this season is such a different animal to me. This is the the one time where I I could see this team maybe maybe bringing the secure job security of Dave Roberts in question only because like look man this is year nine and you've won one yeah maybe or next year would be year nine or whatever it is and you've won one and it was let's say fully legitimate but it was the sixty game season so. You get all right, whichever one you want to pick. Do you want to give your opinion or or I'll what do you think both. they'll do? I'll give both. So, and I'll start with Andrew Friedman. I don't think Andrew Friedman fires him. I don't think no matter what, I don't think he's going to be gone because of what you're talking about. It doesn't matter what you do as manager. He's a good locker room presence. All the guys like him. If it's me, I I would have fired him after allowing Lance Lynn to give up four home runs. <laughs> like that was that was enough for me. That was malpractice as a manager to allow that to happen. I don't care who, if that was from above or below, you were the manager. You allowed that to happen. I would have fired him right after that and being swept out of the playoffs by the Diamondbacks. Stop it. So, yes, he's, if they do not make a World Series this year or win the World Series, I absolutely think he should be fired. I don't care if it goes to Game 7. I don't care how what happens in the overall. If he does not win, he should not be here. And at some point, in some point in every single organization, sometimes all it takes – is a change in voice in the room. And if the change in the voice in the room is the thing that's going to make it happen, that's what's going to happen. Because I And I'm not going to give you a name. Oh, who do you want? Like It's going to be somebody. It's not going to matter who it is. It's going to be somebody that's just going to do the exact same thing as Dave and listens to the front office, but a different voice. And that's when it, it will go through. But I hopefully it he wins the World Series. You don't have to think about this. <laughs> yeah. Nothing has to happen. But otherwise, I think he should be gone. Listen, this is I got this for you and that for you because like I'm moved. I'm I'm moved on that one cuz I mean if there was a nail that had a head you hit it. And, yeah. and uh 
I'm not going to b- uh, blow you up, you know, blow your ego up too much, but you crushed it. Now we'll move on to the last one <laughs> because why not? That's, that's how I decided to, uh, to treat the segment. And I already gave my opinion on it. We know how it is, but love that stuff. Guys, make sure you, uh, if you're not, of course, follow Greg Bergman on the internet because he doesn't really do too much. He doesn't have that kind of time on the internet anymore, but still. All right, the final one, and this one um, has the potential of being incendiary because it's been a really – interesting um been a really interesting off season when it comes to the clayton kershaw narrative he's back Lo- so my question to you love it hate it or something more nuanced than that so i absolutely do love it i don't mind the fact that he said i think he should be a dodger for life i don't think he should go anywhere else and i the whole thing about going to texas i don't see why texas would even want him He's, a, he's prone to giving up home runs right now. That is a small bar po- ballpark that yeah. gives up home runs. That's why Corey Seager went there, because he blasts balls out of there. So I, that never made sense to me. But I love the fact that he's coming back because we don't need very much out of him. You need a month, a month and a half of ramp up, and then and then the offseason, I mean the, uh, the postseason, that's it. If he doesn't come back till August and then ramps himself up and doesn't pitch till September – like, great, great. Give me that that one good month to get ready and then pitch in the postseason and be at the guy that he was last year at the beginning of the season when he wasn't even supposed to be the number one starter. He was supposed to be three or four and ended up being the number one, and it was really good for a very long time. You give me that guy at that point in the season and change his narrative in the postseason of being someone that's actually good in the postseason, I love it. If it falls apart, you don't pitch him. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think it's I think it's that simple. If he's not pitching well enough in that month, month and a half of lead up time into the postseason, just don't pitch him. He's not he's not going to get some legacy start in the postseason because that's, of who he is. That's what I fear, and I think that's what a lot of fans fear right now. I, I would I would I would argue to say, just about every Dodger fan. I would argue to say every Dodger fan loves Clayton Edward Kershaw. However, you you watched him pitch with the shoulder falling off and yeah this is a guy that will always give his life to this team to his team uh he's a competitor and all that kind of stuff but sometimes maybe just maybe Clayton Kershaw isn't the best option for the team and I think that's what some fans are being a little more vocal about this year it's not just the 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 Dodger haters that are putting you know Chokeshaw out there it's like there's this is the first time I've really felt it where uh I wouldn't say fans are questioning the loyalty they're just like it, it gave me a sense of more, maybe it was time. I don't agree that it was time. I, I want Kershaw to retire as a Dodger. Um, but if we're at a point where he is starting game two and he didn't earn it, then that's that's very concerning to me. He, he doesn't deserve just a legacy start. He needs to earn that start with, uh, with as we are just talking about a minute ago, with Dave Roberts' job on the line. Yeah, so I mean – all the, the pitchers, there's a bunch of pitchers that you have right now, starting pitchers. He, If you go look through it and you look at all the guys that are in there, he's not going to get a start as of right now. As It, yeah. it was going to take one, two, or three of them to have what happened this year where they all just kind of fell off and got hurt. May, Gonsolin, you know, everybody, Bueller not coming back. It, it took that, Urias and with his nonsense, like all of those things had to happen for him to get the start. In, on, in game one, it just, it, I don't see that happening again. 
Um, if he's pitching really, really well and he's t- like Pete Kershaw right at that time and he gets it starting game three or a game four, okay. But it's, the way it's set up, he's not going to get into the game until maybe that point, if, if at all. Yeah, uh, uh, number three, number four. It's it's definitely tough. And and uh, Arrow as Aeronetic on the YouTube says, don't ever put it past Doc to to start him. Where I don't think we see Clayton Kershaw starting game one. That's obvious. That won't happen. There's a reason why they went out and got the guys they did. They finally identified. Hey, this is a fucking problem we have here at the top of this rotation. We need to stop pussyfooting around this and and have have these guys ready. But to say in potentially Clayton Kershaw's final season, potentially, if he doesn't get a start, that also just feels like such a problem to me. But he's not better than at least four of the guys, in theory. We don't know how the rebuilt shoulder rejuvenates him. But in theory, as of right now, as of what we saw last year, and yeah, he was still able to keep runs off the board, was not Kershaw. He was he was battling. You know, once once I said it on one of the show, one of the shows or streams or whatever I did. Um, once once you saw him go into that changeup as much as he did, you know, that's when you saw something. You knew something was wrong, and then we find out the shoulder's basically falling off. But if that if that shoulder is together and he's Kershaw of old, then it's a conversation. But as of right now, he's not better in my mind than Yamamoto, Bueller, uh, Glasnow, who I'd love to see healthy in there, and Bobby Miller. So maybe even four. Yeah, all those guys are, and now Bobby Miller has a, a start under his belt. So the plan as of right now with all those guys, what you're saying is not for him to pitch. It's just to see what he has. Look, you're right. He could come out and he's just throwing gas. And all of a sudden he looks like Verlander after when he's throwing it back up in the 96 range, then maybe you start, then maybe he gets a start. But the thought process is that he's not, he's not going to get a start. And he's just there to help get all the way through and, and hope that he's an amazing spot, spot starter somewhere in there. But I can't imagine right now he's going to be better better than one of those four at all. Yeah. Cross your fingers. Hope for the best and hope that this team does put uh, put that piece of metal before legacy because we've seen the legacy move. There's there's not a, a reason in the world Clay Shaw, Clayton Kershaw should have come in uh, in relief in the 2019 NLDS. But it was that was um, there was somebody trying to write a script there and it did not work. And then we saw poor Rich Hill have to cry. And that's just not right, in my opinion. Never should see that. Max Effort here on uh, the YouTube. Got to get to some comments before I get you out of here. Max Effort says, start whoever is hot. There's a lot of choices. I agree with that, and I think they can go with the hot hand because uh, you do have enough enough depth at this point. I do got to go back here because we did get a super chat from IB Stroken. $5 super chat. Thank you, IB Stroken. Great name, by the way. Uh, donating to the Otani Bobblehead Game Fund. So I haven't seen what the prices are, are for all those bobbleheads, but it, I'm terrified. I can't imagine the show. Hey, it goes for less than like a 1000 are we, are we serious here? Like you, opening day is, what is it, 400 for upper deck? It's insane. Terror, yeah, yeah. I, I will be here. I will be home. I'm going to be live streaming during the uh, during the Korea game because I am insane. And you know what? I'm, I'm here just to uh, – I won't throw another one out there. To F around and find out what people are into on this channel. I get to play, you know? 
Haven't been, yeah. It's been a while since I've done that. Rightfield Pavilion is in the chat, says, this is why I miss Greg after your impassioned Dave Roberts. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's a speech, but at least hot take, spicy take on there. But you survived the hot corner, the first ever uh, player of the hot corner. How was it? How can I do that yeah, better? I, th- I think you did a really good job with that. You had a, you had five good questions, and you it wasn't just, hey, what do you think of Clayton Kershaw? You had thoughts on all. I liked it. You did a really good job. And uh, – I I'm a, I like being one of the first one of being they the first. first one. So I mean, are you going to keep it around? Is it done? Did I screw it up? Is it over? No, I think I think you crushed it. But uh, the important thing is, you said that I did a nice job. So thanks, Dad. <laughs> I appreciate uh, the I'm support. proud of you. <laughs> so proud of you. Yeah, that, that this was your Valentine's Day present. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't even know, but. Um, yeah. It's been, guys, we've been on here for a while. Didn't get to as many comments as I usually do during the show, but we did get the treat of seeing Mr. Greg Bergman in the uh, internet flesh here. Uh, love talking baseball with you, my guy. Um, looking forward to seeing you on the internet again. Uh, tell the people what you got coming up, of course, so they could watch your Dodgers takes all season long. So I'm actually doing, I did it, started it last year, but we're going to be doing the Blue Review. It's going to be on ESPN Los Angeles YouTube page, and it's going to be live daily i think either starting in a little bit inside of uh spring training or at the beginning of the season it's gonna be on from 9 30 a.m to 9 55 a.m leading into travis and sliwa on the espn los angeles youtube page and also if you really want to hear me i'm going to be hosting i hosted today i'm going to be hosting mason in ireland tomorrow from 1 to 4 p.m and on monday as well who are you feeling in for mason that's an and upgrade I- <laughs> Ireland, Ireland's getting off too. So it's me and Demarco Far, Super Bowl champion Demarco Far, and nice, really fun time today. And we're gonna do it again tomorrow. Awesome, man. Well, uh, again, love doing this with you. Hopefully, uh, this is the first of, of many times you, you come Absolutely. around and hang out with us because uh, you are one of the fun people to talk Dodger baseball with. Uh, next time you see him, give my friend Cody a hug there in the office, but without like you know getting P- uh, HR involved or anything like that. And, I can't uh, do that anymore. I'm not allowed to, not allowed to give hugs. <laughs> That's fair. Well, give him a nice, <laughs> firm handshake with, with deep <laughs> Deep eye contract, uh, eye contact to my guy. I love Cody. He's a great dude. He's a great dude. One, one of the best. And uh, everything that's good about him, I taught him. I just messed yeah. around. But uh, guys, uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, thanks again to to Greg for hanging out. Find him as at corporate underscore Greg on uh, the on the Twitter. I probably should have put a little bug down here for you. Uh, thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for the, the questions you guys abro- dropped along the way in the comments. Again, sorry I wasn't as active. Next Monday we'll be an all comments show just about unless something goes uh, goes crazy um thank you for the super chat or super chats I, I i don't know if i missed any other if i did i'm bad um if you guys can't watch this live search all dodgers podcast with clint Pasillas, uh part of the believe network run itunes spotify all of that kind of stuff consider rating and reviewing the show there too that really helps out i am real frg on the social media things the links are in the description below i hope i earned a thumbs up on this video on the way out and a subscription from you here on the youtube channel it's completely free to subscribe greg subscribes probably doesn't i, don't, I will in just a moment yes Thanks, Dad. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Thanks. Bye.